0: Praise God. Matthew chapter 5. You have your Bibles. Let's turn there. We're going to get ready to, to read God's word here in just a moment. Matthew chapter 5, and uh, we will read out of verse 13 in just a few. Praise God. When, you know, when I think about God and who he is to us, you have to think of the word relationship. We have a beautiful and loving relationship with God our Father. And you know, when I think about relationship, I think of the, the you know, I've been married uh, for quite a few years to my lovely bride, Monica, who's been, uh, been with me and, and we've been serving God and God's been doing great things for many years. And the, the interesting thing, one of the beautiful things about any relationship and, and the marriage relationship is as the years go on, it gets sweeter and sweeter. It should get sweeter and sweeter. You know, we, we learn through the years, we learn the things that, you know, the th- special things about our loved ones, about our spouse, that, that makes them tick, right? We learn we their likes. We learn their dislikes. You learn what type of food they like or what, what flavor they like, or you learn uh, what type of, of, you know, entertainment or movies they like. You learn, you know... Uh, from, from the most things, the superficial things to the, to, the, to the deepest things. You know what makes them tick. Our spouses know our buttons, don't they? They know what buttons to push if they want to, right? Throughout the years, they get to know us more and more and more as time goes on. That's, that's the marriage relationship. It's the beauty of it. And when I think about that and I think of our loving Father, how much more... He knows us than anyone could ever know us. Why? Because He created us. He knows our fears. He knows our worries. He knows what what causes you sometimes to have difficulty at at night or relaxing. He he knows what worries you. He knows what concerns you. He knows everything. Why? Because He created you. Our relationship with our Heavenly Father is, is intimate. It's personal. It's a loving relationship. It's a, it's a vertical relationship between us and Him. That's the beauty of it. But you know, when we talk about Christianity, it doesn't just stop there. It's, it's not just about our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And of course, that's first and foremost. Our relationship with Jesus, that's first and foremost. But God also calls us to have a relationship with others. You could call it a horizontal relationship. So we have our Vertical, our heavenly relationship with our loving God, but we have our relationship with others, a horizontal relationship. You know, I think back in, in the Gospels when uh, Jesus was crucified, when he laid his life down for us, when he died for us, we, we understand how he had his disciples, they're his followers, and he under, we understand about Simon Peter and how he proclaimed to the Lord himself that, Lord, even though the rest of these will betray you, I'll never betray you. Isn't that what Simon Peter said? And we know the story. He betrayed him three times and Jesus was crucified. He died and he rose from the dead and, and the Gospels go on to explain that the disciples went back to fishing. They were out there fishing. Their Lord and Savior, as they were concerned, was gone. So they went back to what they knew. So they were fishing and here comes Jesus, risen from the dead and he meets them on the beach. We get a beautiful picture of how he's, he's cooking for them there and, and, and Simon Peter Runs up to him, swims out to him, and, and, and goes to him on the beach. And, and Jesus starts to interact with him. And asking. we, we remember uh, asking Simon Peter, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then, then feed my sheep. And he asks him three times. And then Jesus goes on to explain to him that there's a time that you were able to get up, get yourself ready, and go wherever you wanted. But there will be a time, and Jesus was, was uh, foretelling the way that he would die. There will be a time, Simon, that you will no longer see, and, and people will have to lead you here and there. Imagine getting that news from your Lord and Savior, foretelling how you're going to die. And what did Peter do? He, 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 he heard that, and he, he said, Lord, what about him? <laughs> What about John? What about him? What's going to happen to him? What did Jesus tell him? And talking about the personal relationship, Jesus told him, don't let that concern you. If, if, if I want him to, to, li- to continue living until I come back, what is that to you? You do what I've, what I've called you to do. Personal. God brings it down to a personal level. But as we learn, and as I mentioned this morning, there's a horizontal aspect of our relationship, and that's our relationship with others. As disciples, we should be agents of change to help bring people into right relationship with God. Can you say amen? We thank God for what he's doing in our life. We thank God for the relationship, but he doesn't want want us to keep it to ourselves. He wants us to share it and affect this world for Jesus. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Let's read that together. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. What good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the salt of the earth, Jesus says. So with that, why don't we pray this morning? Let's bow our heads. Amen. Father, we're so grateful this morning for all that you've done, my God, and all that you are doing in our lives, oh God. And I pray this morning that you would help us to understand the calling that you have for us, God, to understand the impact that you desire that we would make in this world, Father God, an impact for you, Lord, that many others would come to know you just as we know you, Father. I pray that you would strengthen us, Lord, that you would help us, Father God, to accomplish your will, Father. And Father, we're we're so grateful. We thank you for all that you're doing. We ask in Jesus' name. We all say Amen. amen. Praise God. You are the salt of the earth, We have our salt here, right? And there are many things that salt is used for us, many things that salt is good for. It's good for adding flavor to your meal. How many of you, when you go out to eat, before you even taste your food, you just start pouring the salt on there because you love its flavor? How many of us do that? Salt, uh, I, I grew up in the local mountains here for quite a few years as a kid in, in Big Bear, and I remember when it would snow that they would throw salt on, on the pathways. Why? Because salt would help, would help mount the snow and create a safer path to walk. Salt is used as what we're going to learn this morning as a preservative, it's used to preserve. Salt is used to bring flavor. Again, to your meals, or whatever you like. It's used to bring flavor. And salt also, what does it do? It causes thirst. It causes thirst. You know, when you eat that bag of chips, you open up that bag of salty chips, you got to have a drink nearby, or a bottle of water or what have you nearby, because it causes thirst. So this morning, what we're going to learn is, first of all, is that salt is, called, is a preservative. And God has called you and I to be a preservative in this world. Now, we have to put ourselves in the setting here of when Jesus was talking about here in Matthew chapter 5, saying, You are the salt of the earth. I know many years have passed, technology has progressed, and, and here we are today. So if you think of salt as a preservative, you kind of scratch your head. Because now, to preserve anything, right, you just throw it in the refrigerator, you throw it in the freezer. And you don't really pay any attention to it. And some of us have some things in our fridges that you could probably throw out. You know, you could have thrown out two months ago, right? So what happens? We kind of forget about it. You throw it in the refrigerator and you forget about it. But this was a time before there was any refrigerators or anything. So they use salt to preserve. Especially in Israel, it being an arid climate, it was used to prevent the decay of meat. How does this happen? I was reading about this, and it says, because uh, reducing the amount of water available in meat or foods, it reduces the water available to bacteria, so it slows bacterial growth and reproduction. So salt is effective in drawing water out of cells, out of these foods, through a process known as osmosis. And you and I, this morning, are called to impact this loss and this dying world. This world is broken. It's a world that is hurting. It is a world that is crying out for truth. Although they may not see it, although they may not say it, deep down they're crying out for truth. They're crying out to be fulfilled by something that will fulfill them once and for all. You and I, as Jesus' disciples, we're called to help preserve the world and the kingdom of God through our lives as being the salt of the earth. You think about it, the world is moving so fast, isn't it? Everybody is in such a rush and things are just so busy. You see this, we see this. Socially and things that people are getting into, things that people now call okay and are approved with their stamp of approval. You know, and some would call it progressive. They'd call it progressive thinking, but but I actually think, truthfully, it's it's the opposite. It's regressive. You know, we're, as a nation, as a community, we're going the wrong direction. People think that they're progressive and there's new ways of thinking and they're going forward, but they're going backwards. They're going in the opposite direction of where they should be going. God's called us to pres- preserve those godly things in our lives, in our homes. In our families, in our churches, in our communities, in our nation, in our world. In the next scripture here in our text, jumping over to Matthew 5:14, Jesus says this. He says, "You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. You and I are called to hold up the banner of righteousness, the banner of Jesus Christ. People are looking for an answer. And again, they don't, they don't say it outright, but they're looking for it. We see it all around us. That's why people are involved in substance abuse, and that's why people are involved in the whole party scene. That's why people are involved in jumping from relationship to relationship. Why? Because there is a void that they're trying to fulfill. You and I are called to be the salt of the earth to preserve those things which are godly. To raise our hand up when we have an opportunity to speak and declare that that we need to hold these truths. We need to hold on to them. We don't need to let them go. It's not the time to let them go. We need to maintain these truths, these things that God has taught us through His Word. We have to hold on to them, yes, as a church, as a community, as a nation. Because if we don't, there is destruction. Destruction. And I believe that God gives us instruction and everything he tells us in his word is for our benefit. It's so that we could be saved, so that our lives won't lead and head into destruction. You are the light of the world. So we can preserve, we could be agents of preservation in this world through holding up the banner of Jesus Christ through holding on to those traditional values that we were taught by our forefathers, by our parents and grandparents, the the importance of having God in in one's life. And his, his only son, Jesus. That's his name. That makes all the difference. You know, people want to generalize so many times and they don't want to be offensive, but his name is Jesus. He's the one that died for us. He's the one that set us free. He's the one that we should be proclaiming and be proud of. His name is Jesus. The importance of family. The importance of doing the will of God. The importance of prayer. We talked about business. It's easy to start casting off and throwing off things that, that we really need. You know, making the time for prayer. Making the time for, for reading God's word and knowing his word. Making the time uh, to, to share that with your family. How about sharing God's truth, vocalizing it, testifying, giving that testimony? Maybe God did something, something great for you. Share it. You know, I'm blessed at our, our uh, Relate home group each and every week. We dedicate a time to, to being able to share what good news, what good things God's done. Any praise reports, any testimonies, what, what prayers has God answered, answered for you? It's powerful, it's encouraging. Share what he's done for you. How about striving for holiness? We're the salt of the earth. God's called us to preserve. How about, how about uh, preserving holiness in our lives? Hebrews 12, 14, work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. You know what that tells me? Because the way it's written there, it says work at it. It tells me it's a process. It's a daily thing. You got to work at it each and every day. You've got to work at it. You've got to try to perfect it. And even though we'll never be perfect, even though we'll still, you know, we'll still be sinners in need of a, in need of a Savior, we, we, have, we have so much to do, and, we, and God can move so much in our life. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living at a holy life. Don't stop doing it. Don't throw in the towel. You know, sometimes we can get frustrated, right? Even with ourselves. Think, what's the use? God's brought you so far. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel because it's making a difference. How about bringing hope to others? We're believers and we believe the truth of this scripture, Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. With God, everything is possible. That's good news this morning, isn't it? We could take that with us. To our jobs. Share that with your neighbors. Six o'clock tonight, we're going to have an opportunity. We're going to have the community come out. We're going to have a good time in the Lord. It's going to be a great time. There's going to be visitors, guests, people that come that don't know about the gospel. We'll have a chance to share that good news with them. And you know, when we believe this scripture. We'll carry ourselves in such a way that shows that this scripture is for real. So whenever hardship comes into your life, whether it be at work, whether it be in, in your family or whatever situation, because you believe the scripture, people are going to be able to see it, that you're not torn down, you're not hopeless, you're not broken. It doesn't mean that everything's perfect in your life, but you have a hope, and people are watching that. My goodness, your neighbors are watching that, your children are watching that. Your family and your friends, they're watching that. And because you believe that with God, all things are possible, they're going to believe with God, all things are possible. If he could do it for him, he could do it for me. If he could do it for her, he could do it for me. So the question to us, believer, brother and sister, what are we doing to preserve holiness and righteousness and God's kingdom in this world? Because I'll say that there's a current. There's a way things are going in this world. And how could you tell? The majority of people are thinking a certain way. The majority of people out there in the world are they're thinking a certain way and they're going a certain direction. It's called the current of the world. They put their stamp of approval on on different things, things that that twenty years ago you wouldn't imagine would be approved for. Isn't that true? But right now, things are they have their stamp of approval by society, so there's a current, and it's all headed one direction. It's headed to destruction. But church, God's called us to lift up a standard. He didn't call us to go with the current. Sometimes you feel different among your friends or your coworkers. You should feel different because you're a Christian. Sometimes you should feel out of place. Because you're a believer. The Bible says, you know, think it not strange. You know, he said, they hated me first, so they're going to hate you. They disliked me. They didn't approve of me, so they're not going to approve of you. But nevertheless, God has called us to be that standard, to preserve those things in this world. Don't give up. As out of place as you feel, I know how it is. I mean, I have, I have a, a job I go to, my, my nine-to-five job each and every day, and, and believe me, I tell you what, there, there are things that come up, and you're different. But you don't do it because you think you're better than anyone, but because I believe, I believe in the Lord and what He's done in my life, and I believe there are things that I cannot compromise in. And whether that is okay for you or not, or offends you or not, God's called me just to obey Him. And by doing that, people are being affected, and we're being the salt of the earth don't go with the current Matthew 11:12 the bible says and from the time john the baptist began preaching until now the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it violent people are attacking it there is a warfare there's an element of spiritual warfare going on we're going to have to stand sometimes it may be easy sometimes it may be the most difficult thing You can imagine, but nevertheless, with God's power, you can stand, and we have to stand. We have to preserve. Praise God. Salt preserves. Secondly, salt brings flavor. Salt brings flavor. And as disciples, as disciples of Christ, we should be bringing flavor to those around us, to the world around us. Why? Because of the relationship that we have with Almighty God because of the personal relationship that we have, we should be able to affect others for Christ. Now we see it all around us that people are busy trying to find happiness and fulfillment in all types of things. Isn't that true? They invest in relationships, community status, and movies, and music, and many, many other sources to find fulfillment. As disciples, we must be a source of joyous contentment that stems from our relationship with Jesus. As you and I, each and every day as we serve God, as we seek after God, as we strive to please God in our lives, other people are going to take notice. It's going to bring flavor to their life. It's going to bring hope to their life. When their life is bland and hopeless without God, and when they're just involved in the day in and day out of trying to 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 find fulfillment in different things. They're going to take notice. Why? Because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 3.15, the Bible says, instead you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. I think in this auditorium today, there are probably different levels of Of education. There's different levels of of knowledge of the Word of God, perhaps, right, based on your study and what you know, based on your experience. There are different levels of experiences that you've been through. You know, perhaps you're more seasoned in life and you've been through quite a few things. Perhaps there are some younger folks in this place and and that, that maturity is still developing. But no matter what, no matter where you find yourself, if you have Jesus in your life, you have a story to tell. You have an amazing story to tell and to share with other people. Now, you may feel qualified, you may feel unqualified, but I'll tell you what, if you're a son of, uh, son and daughter of God, God's doing something in your life, that's all you need. Those are your credentials right there. You could share with someone what great things God's done for your life, What prayers he's answered for you, how he's given you hope, how he brought you out of that pit, how he changed your life, how he changed your outlook, how he changed your attitude and your perspective on things. Share it. You'll bring flavor to other people. Share it with someone here, your brothers and sisters in the house of God. Share it. I mean, little do we know what, what people are experiencing and what they have to overcome just to walk in these doors sometimes, right? We take it for granted, oh, they're here in church again, but who knows what kind of day they had? And here they are. Maybe they need a word of encouragement. They, maybe, maybe they need for you and I to share, you know, what great things God's done for you today or yesterday or just recently. Man, a testimony never gets old. I don't know about you. But whenever I hear the story of someone giving God glory for what he's done, it never gets old to me. It always encourages me. It always gives me hope and encouragement. I thank God for it. So tell your story. Someone asks you about your Christian hope. Be ready to explain it. And I also want to say this regarding this, right? Because I think we're all at different levels, right? Some of us are more extroverts, right? You're, it's easy to, to walk into a crowd of people that you don't know and just, you know, just start shooting the breeze and talking and making. You know, some of for some people it's easy. That's they they thrive off that. But for other people, perhaps you feel that you're 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 a little bit more shy. Now I'm not talking about you needing charisma to tell your story. I'm not talking about you having to be the type of person that can get up and 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 publicly speak with no problem. I'm not talking about that because that's a whole other thing, and, and that, that doesn't have that element of spiritual power. But you know what has that spiritual power? Your faith, your story, and what God's done in your life. Whether you tell it to 10 or 10,000 people or whether you tell it to one person because that's your comfort level, it's okay. Tell your story. Tell them. Share it with them. We have to learn the Word of God. We have to learn Scripture. I I understand that. We do. There's there's nothing more important than that. But with that, you have a story to tell of what God's done in your life. People are waiting to hear it. You know, your neighbors are without hope right now. They need someone to encourage them, to, to speak truth to them. Maybe they're going through something you have no idea about. You sharing the Word of God will give them hope. So don't disqualify yourself because you feel you don't have that personality aspect or, or that charisma. You just tell your story and it'll change. It'll change someone. Amen. Share how he's working in your life, how he's moving, what he's doing. Because a little faith is contagious. A testimony is contagious. I remember years and years back. I remember the stories I've, I've heard. I remember the testimonies I've heard 20, 25 plus years ago. I remember to this day, I remember those stories. Why? Because it had an impact on my life. And I guarantee you, the person that was sharing that and saying that, they probably forgot about the conversation that they had with me or that I was in the audience, but I'll never forget it. Why? Because it was their faith and there was anointing there was anointing with that story that they were sharing, and it's permanently and permanently blessed my life and affected me. So, salt preserves. Salt brings flavor. And salt also causes thirst. Gets you thirsty, right? Whatever that snack is that you like, their favorite snack. I see it with my kids when they when they start to get in, eating the, the chips or whatever it is a couple of minutes later i know they're going to ask me that for a bottle of water they want water. they want something to drink because it causes thirst and you and i believers that we have to be a catalyst for spiritual thirst in this world now we're going to read a scripture here in john chapter 7 in just a moment but before I do that, I just want to give a little background as far as the setting and the culture goes of when Jesus was sharing this. So we have a little background on what he was saying. In Matthew chapter 7, in this instance here, it was, it was the Jewish feast of tabernacles, it was called. And Jesus was there around Galilee, and it was the Jewish festival. It was also called the festival of shelters, festival of tabernacles, or festival of booths. And this Jewish holiday, throughout the holiday, the Jews would observe this time by building and dwelling in temporary shelters, okay? Just like the Hebrew people did while they were wandering the desert for, for, for 40 years. We understand, right, the, the, the Bible stories there, how they were wandering in the desert for all those years. And this festival, this Jewish festival of shelters, it was a time for them to commemorate the Jews' wandering years there in the desert. It's a joyous, joyous celebration as a reminder of God's deliverance, his protection, his provision, and his faithfulness. We see how he was all those things to the children of Israel as they were wandering, right? He would keep them warm at night with a pillar of fire. He would cover them with, with, the, with the cloud during the day. So he provided for them. And that's what this festival was all about. And as a part of this festival, what the priests would do is they would, they would pour large amounts of water on the altar as a sacrifice. So they, so we get the picture here. There's the, the priests and they're pouring all this water on the altar of sacrifice. So at the end of this ceremony, this is the setting, and this is where Jesus stood up and said what he said. So John 7, 37, the Bible says, On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the Scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. So Jesus didn't just say this out of the blue, but he had his visual, right? As, as, as preachers, as teachers, we have a prop. We have a visual of something for you to, to get an idea on what he's teaching, on the truth. And this is what Jesus did. All this water was just poured out, and I'm sure people got thirsty. And he says, if you thirst, come to me. I will fulfill you. I am the answer, Jesus was saying. He says, come To me, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. So you and I, church, as we're the salt of the earth, our lives should cause other people to get thirsty. Not, Not for us, but for Jesus. Not for our intellect or our ability or what we could offer them, because... That only goes to a certain limit, but what we have is Jesus Christ, and that is what we can offer. Our lifestyle, our conversation, our words, our conduct, our character, who we are should cause others to get thirsty for Jesus. And how many know when you're thirsty, you're going to find something to drink? You're going to pay the price. something to drink right how many when we go to Disneyland you go to an amusement park or Knott's Berry Farm I mean what they're charging for bottles of water right are you kidding me four or five dollars but people pay it why because they need water and they're thirsty you'll pay the price and that's how it is for us as believers you get up in the morning understand that each day you have an opportunity to make this world thirsty for Jesus by how you carry yourself by how you talk by your hope, by your faith, by how you work there at your job. Do it with the right heart. Do it unto Jesus, and Jesus will work in your life, and he'll cause others to come to him because of your conduct, because of who you are. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. Bible says in Psalms forty-two, one. As long as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. As the deer pants for water, so I long for you. And that's what you and I have. We have a thirst, a constant thirst for Christ, and that causes us to chase Him. Right? It causes us to come back. Here we are this morning. I know we we were here last week, but here we are yet again. Why? Because we have a thirst. And we know it's found in Jesus. And that's why we keep coming back. That's why we don't stray. Because we know it's Jesus that's going to fulfill our thirst. And in the same way, through our lifestyle, through our decisions, through our conduct, we got to let the world know that the answer is in Jesus. You're thirsty. You're thirsty for something. His name is Jesus. So we learned that salt preserves... We learn that salt brings flavor, and salt causes thirst. See, we learn the good things of salt. How many know salt can also cause high blood pressure, right? Too much of it? That's not the kind of salt we want to be in people's lives, all right? You don't, when you come around, you don't want people's blood pressure to elevate and for them to go the other way, no. We want to be graceful, right? Speak the word with truth and grace. You know, share, share the, 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 the good news of Christ. I have a picture here. You want to be that that salalito in the lemon, right? Ninety percent of your mouths just watered right now looking at that. Let's be the salt of the earth. Let's be the salt of the earth. You've been given power to become be called a son and daughter of God. This morning, you've been given power to be called a son and daughter of God. And by that power, as you go out throughout the world, as you go throughout your day with your family, at work, carry yourself as God's called you to carry yourself. Do your best. I know we're not perfect, but God will give us the strength. People will take notice, and they'll ask you about your faith. We're so blessed for all that God's done for us. So praise God. Church, you received that this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's bow our heads as we prepare to pray this morning. God's good.